Mic check, mic check, mic check. You have my headphones on. That was very loud of my ear, though. Hmm? That was very loud. <clears throat> Can you turn my volume down? My headphone volume. Headphone volume. Yeah, please. All right, so you. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if my volume's not okay, so high so, in my right, ear, that. then I won't. Um, How much is that? Talk. Talk. Is that know, enough? I can't hear anything now. Yeah, because I've just taken it down. That's 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 kind of how it was before. Just somewhere in between. Like down here. Is that okay? Down here. Yeah, less than I that. Think... More so. Oh, I can't hear myself. Less so. Less so. More so. A little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Little All bit right, more. Little. That much. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Literally was exactly what I was before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't realise that it was like beyond... Why can't I hear myself anymore? Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hi. We are 60 plus episodes in now of our show, and I think this is probably the first time this has happened where we don't have anything to speak about in regards to our personal life. Nothing's happened. It is what it is. It's just been... Same one thing. of those weeks, yeah, one of those weeks where there's been no drama, nothing exciting, nothing. There's stuff that we could talk about, but are we really going to sit here and bore our listeners with and also, bland, I really, mundane? I don't want to relive the I, like the screaming and the tantruming that has been happening. And no one cares about that outside no, of us. Who no cares about our crazy toddler who you know hates us, hates us um, with a vengeance for loving him and showing him care and compassion i mean he gives me the, the kind of looks that i didn't think i'd see until he was a teenager mm. but you know he's 19 months and he has that look of complete disdain yeah it's either complete disdain or like you know resting bitch face yeah oh my god his resting bitch face is amazing um he's definitely a today baby yeah but also then then what he does is he like balances it out with just pure love He'll just come over and just give you massive hugs and kisses. <laughs> and then then you're just like, well, this is not fair because, I mean, just let me know if you hate me. If you hate me, then be consistent. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be one or the other yeah. and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I don't need this kind of like gray area shit. Because when, you know, it's like as soon as the hate is starting to become mutual, mm. then he shows me love and then I'm like, do you know what? No, I'd die for you. Yeah. And so then what can he do? No, it's true. I'm his mother. I have to deal with it for the rest of my life. He's got this thing now, which which is kind of like slightly, you know, literally gets on my bollocks. In that, um, you know, I, tr- I I brush his teeth basically uh, in the morning and the night. Yeah, because he and, started um, to scratch me in the face, so I stopped doing yeah, it. Yeah, so I've I've just kind of drawn the short straw with that. Um, but the thing is, I kind of place him down in this kind of like you know seat sort of thing in, in the bathroom, which is kind of like you know up to where my knees are. Um, and there's nothing behind him, so it's literally just him dangling his, his legs on this in this sitting position. And in order to keep a balance, he always goes for my genitals and grabs onto them as his closest I area. Mean, he's just because I mean, you're there with clothes on. He's not. You're not just laying him dangle. Are no, you, thank, mate. So he's just holding onto your clothes. But then the angle, I guess, of which he's sitting and you're facing him while you're like helping him brush his teeth. 
It just means that but he every day he just like area. literally, and he's like he's got quite a tight grip as well, you know. So oh my god, yeah, he's got really hefty hands, and yeah. so if he hits you or if he bites you, or not bites you because he doesn't bite you with his hands, but if he hits you or if he scratches you or pinches, he pinched me so hard one day it was so bad. So I could only imagine what a pinch in that area would yeah. feel like. No, he is. He's, he's definitely stopped um, himself getting any future brothers and sisters. I'll tell you that for now. And also, um, he totally put me off just by, you know, his personality has put me off. Exactly. Imagine having children. two of these. I can't I believe him this. so much. Stop it. Stop. What? We're f- three minutes into the show and I said, we've got nothing interesting to talk about and no one wants to hear about us and our bloody child. And you've got t- jab- rabbited on for three minutes about exactly this, what we shouldn't be talking about. Excuse me. It wasn't just me. Yeah, but you, you I, I was going to end the conversation right, very Let's, early on, but you, you know were like, we but apart from that, I've got a lovely child, and apart from that, I've got a darling baby, I'd die for him. Who cares? Every parent would do the same for the child. All right, fine. Fuck it then. Let's not talk about him. He's asleep finally for the day. So let's exactly. just let's talk about grown up things. Yeah, like. I really that's want the thing. brownies. I really want to eat brownies right now. Mm. I really want to eat brownies right now, but because we're recording this, I can't make any. And pl- plus, you're on this like really strict diet, and yes. you're supposed to be keeping on top of that with <laughs> calorie counts and everything. You're sitting there talking about <laughs> they brownies. Kill me, but no, I really, I really want brownies right now. Stop shaking your head at me. This is this is another reason. You can't say that if I didn't make them, that you wouldn't eat them. That you would just sit there with judge face on. Yeah, but I'm not the one that's like really strict. Like I've, you know, I've been like steadily um, losing. Yeah, it's really annoying. Um, Every week he loses a pound. Every week of lockdown he's lost a pound. I'm not even doing. Okay, I'm going to. I want to put it out there, people. Okay, this. Okay, this is weight loss tips for people out there. No, it's just smug bastard bragging. No, absolutely not. No, because I've not done legitimately haven't done a single piece of exercise i used to, i was doing loads of press-ups and sit-ups and stuff at the start of lockdown trying to get myself into that frame of mind like look i'm stuck at home i might as well aim to you know feel good about myself physically um and that stopped very very quickly because uh the the joy and the pain of parenthood basically took over at that point um and so i haven't really been working out haven't really gone on any real diet as such well um, he eats what i make and because i make everything slightly like healthier now you're having like to an extent, but you're, yeah, you're having that added benefit of my healthiness. I, except for that, that I'm not. I lost, I lost a stone, which I'm really happy with. Amazing, really happy with. And then that was just before my birthday. And then I made a chocolate cake for my birthday. <laughs> and since then, it's been playing catch up. Yeah, like just honestly, like I, I don't even have chocolate cake anymore. I, that wet that disappeared weeks ago. Mm. And still, if I think about chocolate cake, I put weight on. That's the thing, isn't it? Get it out of your what head. What the fuck? What do you mean get it out of my head? It doesn't even matter if it's in my head. I'm not eating it, am I? I'm not consuming it. I'm still being really good with my food. Now your birthday's next week, so that's going to fuck me up even more. It is my birthday next week. There you go. Big up. Something something to look forward to. We're going to end up eating like mogul and paneer. So? So that means you I'm know the worst thing is I'll, I'll have gorgeous amounts of that sort of stuff and just like you know like rabid Wolverine start gorging away at this and I'll lose two pounds the following week. Yeah, you <laughs> bastard! Honestly, <laughs> really, honestly, just piss uh, no. off. Look, listen, yeah, look, I've got hypothyroid. All right, so my metabolism is very, very low. I've got a, you know a pretty bad 
thyroid, yeah. which means that, you know, it takes longer for someone like me to lose weight than the average person because of my metabolism. And so the fact that I've lost weight during this period is a massive plus for me. And you're just like, you know, bad mouthing it and downplaying no, it as not, you always I'm do. I'm just saying that, so you know, So thanks like, a lot, yeah? That's a knock to my confidence <laughs> and like, you know, the things that I was really keep me up at night thinking about and here no, i'm feeling good about I'm really myself happy for you but at the same time i'm like what the fuck like i'm the one who's putting all the effort in. i'm fucking sweating like a bitch three four times a week doing these exercises yeah and and what nothing nothing you lost a stone i lost a stone shut up then for but fun. i lost a stone and then put on a few pounds like two two pounds that those two pounds won't go it's really doing my fucking night and i just need to break that barrier discipline I have discipline. What are you about? I'm even more disciplined now because Usha's cut my um, calorie intake even more. Good. Well, so. you know, like they would say, try harder, innit? Do you know what I mean? If you want to lose some we weight. We should get her on. We should get her on to talk about fitness tips. Yes. Yes, we should. Um, you know, we've had some awesome guests. So we look forward to having some more awesome guests in the future. Shout to our guest from last week, Suk Ojla. It was a great show. It was. Thank you so much to everyone that listened in. She was such a great guest. No, fantastic. And it's, it's great when, um, you know, someone can just be themselves and I have to put on a kind of, you know, facade. You know, some people like, I used to be like that when I used to go on radio interviews and stuff. And it was like, I was playing Swami Barakas. Yeah. Obviously, because I'm a, uh, the artist at that point. I've seen you do those interviews. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, the further on I got in the process, I just became more and more me. Yeah. You know, um, and so that and that with that, the personality starts coming out. You're a lot more relaxed and a lot more free. I could say what I want without having to think of any like, you know, inhibitions in any way. I could just be myself, you know. So that's what we prefer to do in this show. We want to get people on as themselves rather than having to overthink things. And, you know, that's how we get the best out of people. And also that's I feel like that's how you come across best as well if you're being yourself. Yeah. Like people can detect the fakery. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. And so yeah, it's really good when you can just be yourself and be comfortable with being yourself. Yes. And it was really nice to hear that from her. Yes, it was. Absolutely. Um so yeah, we look forward to having more guests in the future for sure. Uh but for this week, something that we did speak about on last week's show that we were gonna talk about this week mm-hmm. is uh big ting right now on tv screens Mm -hmm. that you can watch and stream back Mm -hmm. and it's a show that's divided opinion immensely in various ways yep this show is on netflix it is and it is called indian matchmaking yes aka my life 10 years ago uh, <laughs> no, it's really not. That's my life. Sli- about to say that's a slight, slight uh, over exaggeration. Yeah, my parents my would never have paid anyone to find me. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. They just asked their whole network of people. Yeah, and look at look where that got you, eh? Hey, Gujarati. Yes, that I found myself. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. Um, so we obviously spoke about this uh, on last week's show in um, brief detail about our initial kind of thoughts on it. Um, watched the whole thing um, as as a lot of people have and a lot has come out of it uh, a lot of people aren't happy about it a lot of people are thinking that it's um, an unfair portrayal of our culture to mm-hmm. a much more widespread audience yeah uh, a lot of people have also pulled up the fact that it's great that 
people are now highlighting what is some real major issues within our culture as well. All of which I think, like, it's, it was all inadvertent. I don't think that's what the show set out to do. But I think inadvertently, it's just shown some really not so great aspects of our culture. Some of the darker sides of our culture. Yeah, some of which we've covered already. Yeah, of course. In previous shows in a lot of detail. But that's just, you know, you kind of hope that they, that we're moving past it and those things are getting better and they don't really exist as much anymore. Yeah. And then you watch a show like that and you're like, oh no, they're still there. Mm. Fully fledged problems that, you know, we can't stop harping on about. Yeah, because I think when when you, like we said last on last week's show, when you kind of sold it to me, you need to check out this show, I thought it'd be just another kind of a dating reality show where it would just be, you know, couples kind of getting together. And we see that on normal terrestrial TV. Yeah, and that's, um, that's and what so, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, but it's it, it really is so much more than that. Not just because of the personalities that are on the show, mm. but it's... Um, it's a real eye-opener um, with a lot of things that I was knew that was that were there. But you know when, it, when you see it face on, in front of your face, back at you, yeah. is when you're just like, oh shit, this is, this is horrendous. Yeah. I mean, you hear all the stuff that's said in that show is all stuff that I've heard from my own family and friends and people that we know. You know, it's, there's a lot of like, oh, look, she's so pretty. She's fair, you know, or I want someone who's got this much money or that person's from the wrong cast. I mean, in terms of cast, I could tell you a million stories that happened to me Mm. when I was going through this process. One involved me being at a wedding of a very, very close family friend. Right. And, um... Someone who had married into their family, their like the mum had come up to come up to me while I was coming back from the dance floor and started talking. She was like, Oh, you know, like what what have you studied? And all this stuff. And then I instantly knew what she was getting at. Mm. Like, you know, when someone starts asking you what subjects you've studied and how old you are, then you know that they're eyeing you up for somebody or another. Right. And then I was like, I so I knew what she was getting at, and I was like, Oh, Auntie, you know, my mum's here. Talk to my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, please let me just exit. And um, my mom said to her, because the wedding that we were at was a Jat wedding. Right. And my family are not Jat. So my mom said to her, you know, like, Benji, I I need to tell you up front that we're not Jat. This is our cast. And um, (laughs) no word of a lie, this auntie was like, (laughs) which means, all right, then just leave it. (laughs) And she walked off. Yeah. And, you know, to to be fair, I would not have wanted to be married into that family anyway. Not even if she hadn't said that because I knew her yeah, as a daughter-in-law. If anything, and I knew did, did you a favour, really, to be fair. Yes, yes, I would not have wanted to be married into that family. But, um, yeah, like, that's the kind of thing that has happened in the past when it comes to cast. And this wasn't even that long ago. Mm. This was, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that, so these things are part and parcel of that whole process and i guess we've just become used to it almost in a way you know like the the certain some of the things that were said on that show uh initially i was kind of like watching it kind of like oh okay this is fairly you know normal and then you start to question that norm and realize actually that's there's some real like 
horrific parts of our culture that are being, you know, like addressed here without even without even realizing it. And I guess a lot of people um, in that same instance were watching it with those same eyes. And a lot of people were saying this is this is it's wrong in a way that this is being portrayed in that light. But I'm I'm glad in a way that it's being shown like this in such a you know in that magnitude yeah because i think it's easy for us especially living over here to say oh you know what things are getting better people are progressing Hmm. we're beyond this and we're not i I just realized that we haven't actually kind of explained the yeah you just went off on a tangent i have a story about me and a fighting in the past right fine okay so basically what the setup of the show is is that there's a bunch of people who are trying to get married some in america some in india they're trying to get married and they hire this lady called seema tuparia Mm. who is a professional matchmaker. Yes. And uh, they pay her some money. I don't know if she gets paid when they like have a successful no, match th- or she just gets paid because I'm they're sure hired. She, I'm sure she, it's the same as any kind of service and stuff. You know, you get, you know, you, you still have to pay your lawyer even if you lose the case. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I you know? Anyway, so she sits there and she tries to match a bio data. To this book. we'll bio come back data. to bio data later yeah so she she has these kind of like basically like your love cv yeah and um she'll try and match you with someone who she thinks is appropriate so kind of matches what you want um and has a similar like outlook on life or you know same value system or whatever um and sets you up on dates now she's basically like a real life tinder i mean this is what was happening before tinder people just used to set you up or used to meet people in bars so this is for that generation who have no idea what dating was like pre-apps i mean this was it basically yeah yeah, (laughs) you know you got blind dates and meeting people randomly but the thing this is the thing it's it's a it's like i've i haven't come across them obviously must have been businesses like this running for years and years and years in india probably here as well but it's in the back of their paper you know this but this they used to be like the classified yeah basically like looking i we've got a daughter and she's like this this and this and we're looking for a son but it's but it's having but the but paying someone to find that person for you is something that i i I, it came quite new to me if i'm honest um because everyone used to used to get involved in in matching people up for marriage and weddings and stuff Mm. in the past was always someone's uncle or someone's auntie and obviously she plays this kind of auntie like figure and they all call her auntie obviously as well yeah you know but i wouldn't be forking out that much on my auntie to try to find someone for me whereas there is a genuinely a big business like this in india that's because a lot of people from my own experience from what people have said to me they got really reluctant to set people up because when things went wrong that person would get the blame. Mm, yeah. You introduced my daughter and my or my son to this person. Now their marriage has gone wrong. It's your fault. Mm, yeah. And so people just were like, do you know what? It's not worth the hassle. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut. These people will find each other. If they find each other, if they don't, they don't. That's none of my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I guess that's where the market grew because there was just like this gap where people just didn't know how to meet. Yeah, yeah. And so there you go. Seema Tapadia. Now she's an interesting character. Mm. Um, I guess uh, very um, outdated mindset is how I'd put it. Some of it, I think, she talks is like uh, some of it is common sense, hmm. and some of it is very backwards. Yeah. You know, it's like Auntie G thinking. Yeah, exactly. I suppose that any Auntie G would kind of in that way. But think, she's not so. that much of an old Auntie. No, you know, true. she's a pretty young Auntie. 
So she, you would think that she wouldn't be one of them. But, but she is. But then, but then that's the, that's the that's one of the things that's just ingrained in our culture. I think that's the problem. That's the bigger problem. Is like she's whether she's like twenty five years old or whether she's sixty years old. Some of those viewpoints haven't really changed amongst like the masses in India. I wouldn't have thought. And maybe progressiveness doesn't sell. Yeah, maybe possibly. she she does have a progressive mindset for her own kids, but maybe she just knows where the market is and where to make the money. And True, so, but the same, but the same time, because we saw people like we'll talk about some of the people involved in the show in terms of the the guys that are looking for a, a prospective partner. But some of those, some of those, you know, the viewpoints were very evident in those people, and they were they were from a younger generation. And but, so then you think, well, yeah, yeah, God, some of it was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. like wow you're in your 20s and you think like that like why how but it's just because it's been drummed into them by their parents mm, yeah and, you know and it's still very evident and we know this already that like this still happens that your that parents are still very much in control of their children's lives yeah we know this from that girl that went missing and then all of that controversy that happened recently with yes. that girl that went missing because apparently she ran off to be with her boyfriend that her parents didn't approve of. Yes. And then there was this like, oh, my daughter's gone missing. Can you help us find her? No one knew that this was the case and yeah. people were out there looking for her. Hordes of communities got, all over social media. Yeah, and they got a few tip-offs that were legit and they found this girl yeah. or she came home on, on her own account. I don't know quite what happened there. But... Then everyone was just like, oh, shit, we were like reposting. I reposted that that tweet. No, but and she was... potentially was being harassed by her family about who she was going to be with because they wanted to choose who she was going to be with. Yes. So we know that this still and exists. And plus they obviously pushed, you know, they, they didn't want to like, they, they said we weren't going to explain the situation afterwards. And I think people were up in arms about the fact that, wait a minute, we've all gone out of our ways and stuff within communities to to push across the message that we're searching for her. And, you know, like there's people that have physically gone out looking for her. And mm. then at the end of it, there's no explanation. And so I can understand the aggrievance from people. Yeah. And I mean, it's all speculation, but the speculation was, was that her family were putting pressure on her to marry somebody yeah. when she, um, when she wanted to be with someone else. Yeah. And so I just think that like, we know this attitude perpetuates. Yes. And I know that it's still like, we all know it still exists. Mm. We all have somebody in our family who's, you know, slightly more put upon by their parents than the rest of us, potentially. Mm. And so we can't be surprised that these kids have inherited that view because if yeah. they don't have that view, then their life is going to be really miserable. Yeah, no, true. So sometimes true. it's easier just to give in. Which is sad, uh, in a way. They, they, uh, within the show, I feel I feel people need to watch the whole show uh, yeah. in order to get a grasp of the full uh gamut of, of things that are kind of spoken about on the show because there's a lot of things that are very very apparent um a lot of issues with misogyny there's a lot of issues with casteism as we said there's a lot of issues with colorism also um where like you, you spoke about the word fair and that's a, a word that comes up every now and then in that show and it's 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 you know it's been joked about and jested on on social media but again we are still having to address that real cultural issue about colorism within the community and how um the 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 preference is to look for someone that's fair um and that was brought up a number of times within that show um, yeah people list it like so they'll list oh i want him to be you know 
over six foot and I want him to have good family values and I want him to be educated to a certain standard and he needs to be fair and he needs to be able to cook. Like it's just kind of like slipped in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In the list of things that you would like to have. And it's just fucking nonsense. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, I want someone with an athletic build and I want him to be fair and I want him to be tall and I want him to have, be an engineer. It's like a ridiculous list anyway. (laughs) But then to think that, that the skin tone will affect anything in any way is just, I personally think is madness. Yeah. Also, I guess it just shows like people just reel it off like one of the other points on their list that it just shows just how ingrained it is in our minds that that is a thing that we would prefer to have. Mm. And there is no notion of that being a problematic thing. Yeah, exactly. And I guess because it's just, so deeply ingrained within our culture it's like in the dna of our culture to think that way yeah to think that fair is lovely yeah exactly. that um we don't like some people just don't even recognize that it is a problem to think that way to say these things yeah yeah but at the same time everyone has preferences everyone does have a certain things you know like this is the, one of the things that came out of the conversation obviously fair is something that is an issue and is a real problem um, um but there's a big thing about obviously the one of the main characters in that show is a, a girl called Abadna mm. who is um stubborn i guess is what the word that's been branded around um across uh, social media with her tendencies and the things that she says demanding um, <laughs> well yeah potentially um but you know she's only talking about her preferences and her criteria in the same way that guys have been doing for the last God knows how many years. Mm. And because she's, you know, a successful um, lawyer in her line of work and she's independent and um, she's entitled to almost ask for these things. But she's, I feel that she's being slightly vilified um, for those reasons i think a lot of the vilification came from the fact that she didn't seem to have a fucking clue what she wanted so she had a long list of demands and then she'd go on a date and then she would contradict herself and to change her mind and so people were like make your fucking mind up Mm. like what do you want it's fine to have a list of things that you'd like but then also have some flexibility she had no flexibility Mm. she'd just be like no that's not right for me she was, I mean, she was nice on the date. But that's the thing. I, but see, she, she just had this kind of like, I need this, this, this. I think the problem came from the fact that she didn't seem to like the way that her life was. She didn't like being a lawyer. She kept saying she hated being a lawyer. But I think, but and I so think that's if just... you don't know what you want in, in your own life, how can you know what you want from somebody else? No, true. I, I completely agree about the contradictory side of it. She wasn't a very likable person. I think that's, that's what came out of it. But I think the things that she's been hated on, I mm. think, are the wrong reasons. I think there's a lot of people that are hating her because she was very stubborn and she was very kind of set with what she wanted. But the flip side of it is, like, if you know what you want, then why can't you go out and get that? Obviously, she had to find a, a matchmaker to enable that, almost that process to happen. Mm. Um, but I think for me, like I said, I think her, you know, unlikability is from the fact that she's a massive contradiction. Um, she also, would say she wants to go out and see the salt flats in Bolivia, but then hate the out, hate going out in the outdoors. Yeah. Um, and then and then wanting to find a husband. But then she's, I remember her saying that, 
but I, does that mean I've got to see him all the time kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's, she's crazy in in that she just wasn't very realistic about what she wanted. And I think that was because she doesn't really want to be with someone. Possibly. And she possibly. was very negative. This is what that Seema kept saying. She's got a really negative attitude. And so you go into something with negativity you're only going to come out with a bad outcome. No one's going to sit there kind of trying to make you positive when they've only just met you. Why should they waste their time? They're trying to find someone with the same outlook as them. So she had all these lists and she was meeting the kind of people. Seema was finding these people that met all the criteria and she still wasn't happy because she didn't know what her criteria really was. And then you you come across her mother and her mother was just like, I mean, at first she just came across as really snobby Mm. and just like, you know, I'm a princess, I'm a queen and my daughter is a princess and someone yeah. needs to treat her like a princess. Then there was a bit of backstory and about how she'd had a difficult time yes. with her marriage. And so she just wanted her daughters to have good marriages of their own. And kind of gave some context. But they didn't really come across very well. No, no, absolutely not. The way, you know, a lot of, it could be down to like the, the things of, that's their nature and the personalities. Editing could have also come across uh, in that in that way. Yeah, you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt when it comes to these edited reality Absolutely. Shows. And the thing is, it's like what we don't want to do in this half of the show when talking about Indian matchmaking is turn this into like a character assassination because, no, no. you know, like there's there's been a lot that's been said online about a lot of the people that are on the show um and you know some of it extremely negative and some of the hate that some of the people are getting on the show is um yeah slightly uncalled for because unfortunately there's aspects of all those people in our lives uh, in our own personal lives i would say as well yeah like we none of us are perfect we've all got things that if we were put on screen and edited the right way or the wrong way that would come out and you'd be like, oh shit, that's not what I'm really like all the time. But this is what is what's been put on screen. Yeah. And so people are just going to think that's what you're like and they're going to hate on you and they're going to troll you. And we live in that world where on social media, people can say whatever the fuck they want about you yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. And it's not okay because that person still gets deeply affected by that. They're still people, they still have feelings. Yeah, exactly. You know, they might, even if they are just, you know, demanding people really stubborn they still don't deserve to be bullied. No, of course, of and, course. And that's happening, as always, on social media. No, absolutely. But I, I, you can't sit here and say to me, um, and anyone that's listening in on this show, that you haven't got into potentially the dating process with a set kind of notion of what you want and what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us have done it. We're all sitting here kind of acting all like saintly, like, oh my God, look at these people. How dare she say she wants someone that's really, really educated and has done X amount of things and got X amount of, you know, money or whatever. We've all gone into like looking for people, you know, in the initial stages of of dating or getting to know people with these set criterias and preferences in mind. And I think all these people that will say, one minute, no, I, I went into an open situation and just thought I'd see how it goes would be lying to you, you know? So what I think we're, we're angered in a way when talking about the, the cultural aspects of things that are wrong in the show, but at the same time, we're only seeing people that we see in our everyday day to day lives reflected on screen. And parts of that are, are ourselves as well at the same time. Everyone has something that they're attracted to or not attracted to. That's, that is what it is, but it's, it's where, you base that attraction like money in the bank or the color of someone's skin 
or what caste they are, I personally don't feel should play a part in whether you think someone's worthy of getting to know or not. I'm not saying about getting married because mm. that, you know, when you're looking for someone and we talked about this before on our other, on our other, you know, podcast about our relationship and how we met and all that kind of stuff. And it, a lot of it comes down to values and having the same value system, I think is the one thing that you have to have if you're going to get married and, and be successful or semi-successful. Um, but there are other things when you first meet someone, you go on a first date, that there has to be something that you find attractive about them. Mm. And if and you will always go in with a slight kind of air of judgment because you've got to decide whether you want to see somebody again or not. I don't have a problem with people being that way. But what I think is this is about getting married and mm. people not knowing what their own values are yeah. in order to find somebody. And I think that comes across with, um, is it Ankita? Yes. It's a lady from from Dili who is a really successful small business owner and she's like a proper modern woman mm. and, you know, really just like going out there and just doing her own thing, being an entrepreneur. But she wants to have a partner in life. Yeah. And she she comes to that realization that she has to figure out what her own values are yeah in order to be able to find someone with similar values so that she can have a partner because otherwise she's just never going to be successful in finding love yeah and i think that's the thing that runs through all of this is that everything that these people list is superficial mm, yeah and abanna was like the height of superficiality yes and that's that's what people picked up on you can have all of that stuff to be attracted to somebody, right? If you really need to have someone who's an engineer with a hundred thousand pound in the bank, fine. That's what you need to be attracted to somebody. But that does not mean that that person will marry you or you will want to marry that person. That mm. just means that you'll have some attraction to them because they've ticked a box. Yeah. Yeah. And so what Ankita learns when she gets, because Seema likes to send people to a life coach if she thinks they're yeah. just full of nonsense. And, and, not, and not compromising. But also this is the part where I think she had common sense, where she's just like, you don't, you're so confused. I can't do my job because I don't know what the fuck you want. Mm. So you need to figure out what you want and come back to me with a proper set of criteria yeah, before yeah. I do any more work because she's just wasting her time otherwise. So she sends them off to a life coach to kind of get them to think outside the box a little bit. And Ankita goes and it, it's like an aha moment for her. You see the light bulb switch on and you're yeah, like, yeah. she's like, oh shit, yeah, I just genuinely don't have a clue because she's so been so busy creating this business and being the modern woman that she is and just enjoying life, socializing and all that stuff. But she's never really sat down and thought about what do I want from a life partner? What do I want for my own life going yeah, forward? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's probably something that a lot of people lack. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's almost finding a solution to their life in terms of what, like getting married as well. Um, you know, people think that that's how they'll find happiness um, yeah. by going down that route and, and finding a partner. And then that's it. Things are set. We see that almost in the case of um, Akshay and his mother specifically oh, in that, um, you know, like he's reached, he's only 25 and um, in his mum's eyes, that's the age that she he has to get married. Um, and that's what will eventually lead him to happiness and lead the family to happiness is if he gets married at this certain point, at a certain time, well, before his brother and sister-in-law have a child. You know, so it's all done in like a mathematical kind of, you know, She's done it way. in a very conniving way. So I saw a tweet that made that made so much sense when I read it. Basically... 
So his mother wants him married because he's 25. He's already past it at 25, yeah. according to her. She, he, she, he should have been married when he was 23, like his brother was married when he was 23. Yeah. But anyway, like he has to get married by the end of that year. Yeah. And um, then his brother and Babi can then go and have a baby. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's because like, because she, she was like, oh, you know, then you can, like, they can relax and enjoy having their child and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it's because she wants them to have fun at the wedding. No, no. It's because she wants the Bobby to do the heavy lifting for the wedding. Right. And then when the new bride comes in, she can do the heavy lifting in the house that the Bobby won't be able to do because she'll be pregnant. And also the new bride will be able to help with the baby when it comes. Wow. That's wow. why. And I was like, my mind is blown. Damn, because damn. I did not realise... And I should know because Asian women are known, you know, like we're famous for being calculating and manipulative. And <laughs> Tell we me should, about it. You know, like I, it should have occurred to me, but it didn't. And when I saw this tweet, I was like, fuck. Mm, yeah. This is, this is still a mentality that exists. It existed in my mum's time. Yeah. You know, like I've seen the aunties having to live through it. Right. But I didn't think that it still existed now. Yeah, yeah. In this day and age. For this, for people who are like 10 years younger than me. Mm, yeah. And I was like, and so then every girl that he met after that, I was like, please, no, don't marry into that family. Please don't marry yeah, into that course, family. Because yeah. anyone who marries into that family it's is unfortunate. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a trap. It's so unfortunate for that person to be lumbered with that. Because they want someone who's educated Mm. But she's not allowed to work. Yes. Yeah, she's exactly. got to sit around the house in a sorry that his not mom Not even sit her. around the house. She's almost going to become like a second maid, maid. in the house, yeah. you know? But, but in a really heavy sorry that his mom picks out every day. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. she's like, she'll wear what I say. She will do what I say. Mm. And that's how it is. And his mom has that proper like Indian bitch face. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad. I was so scared of having a mother-in-law like that. But you know, it's mad. that th These are only like a, a, a small kind of glimpse into this kind of way of life and this kind of society um, across, uh, you know, across India, where you think there's like millions like this um, going through the same kind of process. Obviously, that we're talking about more of a, uh, I guess, an elite Indian level, I guess, yeah, with like the class. class. Yeah, um, but the, but these kind of things happen in day-to-day -day society across all of India, even I would say to in here as well. We, most of those cases um, from the show were from people in America. Mm. So you think, wow, well, that that actually means that the, 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 the real issues and stuff are very much ingrained across all our communities, basically across the world. Yeah. Um, and so... You know what, what do we need to do to 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 challenge this and to to help kind of like you know stop that way of thinking? It's it's so it's, shows like this are great in a way which it does become a much bigger eye opener for people um, because all it does is basically like you know show our flaws back at us mm. to the point where people are getting angered with watching it because they're like wait no brush this shit under the carpet we don't want people to see us in this negative light. When in actual fact, all it's done basically is highlight that amongst our own communities and made us realize, actually, wait a minute. No, that is wrong. You know, that that isn't the way we should be addressing things. Um, you know, there's there, for all the negatives in there, there's a couple of like positive um, stories of people like Nadia um, and Vyasa. Some, you know, there's some, but there's some good characters that come but out. But even of it. with Nadia, like she... So she's Guyanese. Yeah. And, and she said that like a lot of the guys that she met 
were their families had come from India originally rather than from Guyana. And um, although she was like Indian Guyanese, they didn't consider her to be Indian. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you're you're not Indian enough. Like you're from Guyana. This is a whole other culture. Because she's like, I've got my Guyanese culture. I've got my Indian culture. And then obviously she lived in America. She's got the American culture. Yes. And they just could not see past the fact that her family came from Guyana. Mm, Yeah. And... And so there's this whole notion of like that Asian diaspora that lives in other parts of the world just don't get counted. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not enough. You're not Indian enough. Mm. If your family don't have a particular village in a particular state of India, then fuck you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awful because she was like, she came across as a really lovely girl and she was just getting rejected. And can I just say that the people that she went on dates with the one one of the guys that she went on a date with. I think if any woman watches it who's ever been through this process, right? Any Asian woman who's been through this matchmaking process, we've all been out with someone just like him. <laughs> Every single one of us has been out with a total fuck boy. And yes, I was like, I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, I remember the guy who was like that with me, who ghosted me. Oh dear. A dickhead. Yeah, but it's in actual fact, he actually came out on his uh, Instagram and said that he was actually portrayed in a really negative light. And it was actually her that broke his heart and stuff. So, no, like she a, broke his heart because she was like, I'm not going to put up with your shit. So piss off. Like, I would check his social media, check his Instagram and see his side of the story. I'm just like to think there's always two sides to the story, you know. And so, you know. But someone can have lots of excuses. That's fine, right? They can have an explanation. But if you don't explain yourself to somebody that you're dating... Mm. And you leave them hanging. Oh no, he was a di- he was a complete dick then, in that aspect. You I, know. So, for instance, the story, the guy, the fuckboy in my life that I had. Yes. Right. I was introduced to him. We dated for six months. Oof. Six months, yeah. And then he ghosted me for like three weeks. Three weeks. He got to know the real judge of me. And then you know what he did? Pissed off, right? And then you know what he did? He got in touch with me after three weeks, and he was like. Oh, sorry, my phone broke. Wow. I was like, are you for fucking real? Like, I want nothing to do with you. I had, like, just genuinely, let's just like end this right here because you're a waste of space. Yeah. And, um, and then he was like, oh, no, but I don't understand why you're really angry. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God, you're a dickhead. And then he had the audacity a year later to get in touch and go, oh, you know what? I've just been thinking about you and I was just wondering if you wanted to chat again. I was like, no, I fucking don't want to chat. I just deleted the message. There you go. There you go yourself. You know what I mean? Like everyone has been through that. Yeah, of course. At some point or another. Of course, yeah. I'm sure guys have met girls like that as well. No, of course. This is the thing. There's so much of that show, which is kind of like semi-relatable as well. Um, Hence the reason it was such like compelling viewing for, for what would be just an average kind of dating show where people meet up and stuff like that. It's so much more than that. And I think it's it addresses so many issues and it addresses so many problems. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's some some real kind of like, you know, interesting characters as well that come out of it. It's people that you actually genuinely vouch for and other people that you start to disdain, mm. you know, but... Um, without any kind of spoilers and stuff. If you haven't seen it, watch it, switch off this little part of the show um, and then forward it onto the second half of our show. But the end result of all this matchmaking and getting people together and, and having dates and on the verge of marriage as well in one of those instances is that none of those 
stories worked out. Mm. But you don't even find that out on the show. No. No, you found is, an article that told us this. Yeah, but it's, it's all over social media. It's all over a number of different articles where um, none of those stories actually worked out. None of those, you know, potential couples actually ended up staying together. There was even the marriage that was happening with one of them that got called off fairly soon afterwards by Akshay. Um, and he, he was, Thank God, because his he, was the mother who was crazy. But he also said in the show that he wanted to find someone that was pretty much like his mother. Which was um, some weird, like some weird Oedipal kind of complex going on there, <laughs> yeah. where he was just like, "I want my mother's the perfect woman. I want a mother. I want a woman like my mother, a wife like my mother." Oh, mm. it was just so weird. Yeah, that, yeah, it was really, really odd. Um, there was a lot of oddities in that show. There's obviously biodata, like we mentioned. I've never seen that word being used so much within the context of you know a TV show as I did on that. Did you that. ever have to send your biodata to anyone? I thankfully did not. Oh my god. Um, but have you ever gone to see a face reader on your time? And your... No, but when I saw it, I was like, maybe I should. I'd love to know what someone thought by just looking at my face. You're married now, bro. What does it even matter? No, no, just to read my face, not to like match me with anyone. Mm. It's or read both of... our faces and see if we're meant to be. We never did any of that Kundali stuff. I don't, I never, never believed in Kundalis. I've seen like perfectly fine couples that have been going out with together for a while have to end their relationships no. because their families got involved <gasps> with Kundalis and realized that actually oh, the Kundalis don't match, so we can't, oh these people can't get married. I've, this is absolutely like verbatim. Wow. So, like on my dad's side, we don't believe that stuff. And on my mom's side, they sort of do because we're kind of like half Hindu on my mom's side. But so, my hmm. dad, so when we were getting together, because obviously your family are Hindu, my mom and dad said to me, Do they want to do a Kundali? Hmm. And I was like, Nah. And I was I like, I'm not even going to ask them. My mom was like, no, you have to ask. So we asked and your mom was like, no, we don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's like, definitely more uh, definitely more a Hindu Punjabi thing. Because um, I think Gujaratis, I've yet in my whole life to ever see really? Gujaratis ever use. I've never, never, ever, ever heard of anyone ever doing it from wow. any of the people I know. I thought it was like um, a Hindu thing. Hindu Punjabi, I think, is a, is a big thing with them. But hopefully, like I said, that's another thing that's just, you know, so outdated that we need to kind of move past. Well, everyone likes reading the horoscope. Yeah, but to determine whether you can still be with... Imagine you were together with someone for 10 years, then you started to like, you know, get to the process of getting married and your family was like, let's try to do some kundalis and you worked out you guys didn't match. Isn't the kundali the reason why some people have to marry a tree first? Uh, is that what it's from? It is, isn't it? Probably, like I said, there's so much mumbo jumbo, unfortunately, with it's my... It's why my... I had to marry a plant. Yeah, oh, yeah. Remember? I do remember that, yes. So that's her first husband. Yeah. So could he like now that everything's happened, can he not like look at potential the fact that there wasn't a prenuptial agreement and actually um The tree could take everything. Yeah. But isn't the point that because she like I don't know, some women are like unlucky and so they might kill their husband. So they marry them to a tree, so the tree dies instead of the actual second. What did husband. the poor tree do? I don't know. But this I think that's how it works. I don't wow. understand these things. I just not it's not a world I come from, so it's not something that i understand really Mate, it's like yeah i read my horoscope every now and again but that's about it and you're not you're a cancer now or cancerian are you not changed now because no because it was nonsense and nasa were like it's nonsense <laughs> so i'm a cancerian still anyway um so indian matchmaking like on the whole it's it's great viewing but at the same time it's yeah it's a lot of, lot of holes that we need to pick at. Um, well, it's held a mirror to our society, to our culture. 
And I think we can't be angry at it for doing that. I think what it is is that, you know, lots of people are like, oh, no, it's about marriages, arranged marriages again. Oh, our culture is more than that. But it's a big part of our culture and it's still, and it highlights all the problematic things that are in uh, embedded in our culture. Mm-hmm. Things like colorism and casteism and things that, and misogyny. Yeah. Those things need to be addressed. And until we, until we look at, all of the aspects that it hits, those things won't be addressed. And mm. so, and marriage is a massive part of our culture. Getting yes. married, you know, and kind of meeting the right person and all of that stuff is a really big part of our culture. And we can't sit here in Britain and say, oh, we've moved on. Mm. Because we haven't. Yeah, We haven't in this country. We haven't in India. We haven't in America, Canada, wherever else our people live. Yeah, And we need to, we need to start addressing these problems. And I think and these kinds of shows will make us have these conversations. And yes, we do talk about it on our podcast, but those conversations don't happen everywhere else all the time. Yeah, exactly. And we won't stop talking about it because it obviously still needs to be addressed. Yeah, 100%. Um, We'll end this half of the show with a quote by Devia Bopana, who spoke about Indian matchmaking on his social media. And he said, is the show problematic? Reality is problematic. And this is a freaking reality show. Reality is not 1.3 billion woke people worried about clean energy and free speech. In fact, I would have been offended if Seema Auntie was woke and spoke about choice, body positivity and clean energy during matchmaking, because that is not true and it is not real. Sums up everything that we need to say with this particular show. On the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about another television program that's also divided opinion this past week. It's the first episode of A Suitable Boy, a BBC adaptation that started last Sunday, and we're going to be addressing that after this short break. Welcome back to the second half of The Native Immigrants. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And just this evening, Brentford are in the playoff final. Sorry, I had to just push that across. I know it's got nothing to do with the things I'm talking about now. Brentford are my local team. They are a club of my heart. And they're in the playoff final at Wembley for a chance to get into Premier League. God forbid next season could be Brentford versus Liverpool. My two teams against each other. Where do my loyalties lie? Oh dear. Yeah, it's a it's a massive conundrum. Never one that I never thought in my life I'd ever have to uh, think about because they've never been this close in league positioning ever. But it's a real possibility. And also, four times in the season would be it would be me against you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Brentford versus Liverpool and Brentford versus Newcastle. Yeah. And then Liverpool versus Newcastle. That's so it's like, I mean. yes, there's all yeah. kinds of like... I'm, I, I go and see Brentford because of you. Yeah, so you should... You I know should, that you know. they're my like local team. Yes, they are. But they're not my team. Look at this. My team's on Newcastle and Derby. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
He's not ready to die. I mean, I say this, I really haven't followed either of those teams very much in the last season or so. so yeah, nothing much to celebrate for. I don't even wise. know who plays for us anymore. So <sighs> it is what it is. Yes, but big up Brentford. Well done. Playoff final coming up. Let's go. Come on, you bees. Right. Um. So you had some points that you wanted to make from the first half that you forgot to add in. Yes. So basically we went on break and I was like, I mean, oh, how much more could we forgot, talk about Indian matchmaking? I forgot this and I forgot that. I mean, there's plenty to say on that program. That program highlighted many issues. Mm. Uh, the main thing I forgot to say, though, was that after watching it, I went to Twitter to just kind of read through comments and see what people thought of it and stuff. Mm. And I came across a lot of tweets from women who said that they found it really triggering mm. because they had obviously gone through the same process of being match made, like many of us have. Yeah, of course. And um, they just thought it was... It was really hard to watch because of all the pressure that their families had placed in them. All the awful things that are said in that process, you know, about skin tone and lifestyle choices and just being made to feel like you're not good enough. And I remember going through that myself with the kind of decision of leaving home and working in London away from home. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said this before in previous shows, but what people said about that in terms of oh what is she up to what is she doing you know basically am i whoring around you know that kind of thing um and just people people i don't know being judgmental on my life yeah and i think a lot of women have gone through that but um probably so much worse those women who were you know coerced into getting married and to people who weren't right for them Mm. and the damage that can do psychologically and for some women who had to deal with the domestic violence side of things as well you know the physical damage it can do so um there was a lot of women who just found the show really triggering and i think that's another thing that we didn't mention in the first half is that a lot of psychological damage is done through this process because it breaks you down if you get rejection after rejection for nonsense reasons like you know, you haven't, you're not educated enough. And this is why I think part of the stuff that Abana was saying was quite, was quite offensive and damaging. She was, she was saying those things that have been said to women for so long before. Mm. She was saying them about men, you know, like he's, he's a loser. Like her mom calls a guy a loser because of the choice that he makes out of just kind of seeing how life takes him rather than being determined and, you know, focused on being a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of money that someone has, the kind of car that someone drives, all this kind of stuff that is just superficial nonsense. But then you get rejected because of it. It makes you feel not good enough. Yeah, yeah. And that is something that we shouldn't keep perpetuating, but we are. And that show kind of highlighted the fact that actually it's getting worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because... Everyone just seems to still want these kind of material things that don't matter and they base their life decisions on these things. Yeah, 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 of course. And if you don't have that, it makes you feel like you are worthless, that you're not good enough. And that's not true. Mm. But your path in life could be very different to somebody else's path in life. And you just have to say, okay, maybe you're not for me because you've got this or that, but you don't. Base it off those kind of trivial things. Yeah, like I don't. Just the levels of rejection and the way the rejection is done. Yeah, yeah. I think can be really harmful to people. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I'm. I stand with those women. I understand where they come from, Mm, having had a small taste of that, and um, and all that pressure that you get from your family can be really, really hard. It did really terrible things to my health, and um, and I think it made me feel really shitty for a long time. Yeah, and 
um, I think my parents, they backed off once I was just like, I, I genuinely can't hack this anymore. Like I can't take it. I've had years of it and I can't take it. And the men that you're showing me are not right for me. And so um, they backed off when they actually saw like genuinely what was going on with me. They kind of backed off. But some people's parents don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's just another point that I wanted to raise. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like um, uh, parts of that show were women or, you know, the the prospective brides on a lot of the, uh, the people that were on there were almost objectified in a way. You know, they were almost like, you know, put up as visual displays and, you know, yeah. you were looked at, you know, like, yes, no, yes, no, based on, you know, their you know, attributes as, as such and stuff. And so that was quite uncomfortable, um, you know, and that's pretty much how it's been across you know, so many years and generations within our community and culture. And this is how the the women and the girls are, you know, are, are looked at as, um, you know, you're kind of looked at as kind of objects, um, commodities almost in a way. Well, we you know? used to be, we used to get sold, didn't we? We used to be like dowries. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing I kind of found was the men in that show and how they're being represented uh, mm. on the show. And uh, this is something that I was doing a bit of reading on, um, because it's it's easy to talk about Aparna, it's easy to talk about Nadia and stuff. And there's obviously the guys on the show, but how are they being represented culturally on the program? And they, none of them really come across with any glory as such. Um, there's obviously Pragyuman. Pradyuman. Pradyuman? Is it Pragyuman, wasn't it? No, Pradyuman. Is it Pradyuman? Yeah. Okay, Pradyuman and Akshay. And, you know, they're all like these kind of new age kind of lads, but they're still very much kind of mummies boys that still adhere to, you know, their their mother's wishes as such. Pragyuman's probably a little bit more kind of independent. He's a bit more kind of... There's a lot um, of speculation on his sexuality. I don't know what the be- that was based on, though. So what if he rejects a few girls? All of a sudden, rejects he's gay. girls and he likes cooking. Yeah, that's, it was just like what? what? I don't that's, really understand that's why ridiculous. that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. As in, if he is great for him, but to use that as an interpretation for the reason of him loving to cook and having like great fashion sense, um, you know, I think um, is a bit lazy, if I'm honest. Yeah, and also there's people harping on about stereotypes for our culture. They're using stereotypes there as well, so you yeah. can't be like complaining about one thing and then doing exactly the same thing for another group of people. So bollocks to it. Yeah, you can, we can continually pick holes at this, but you know, people go out and watch Indian matchmaking. Let us know what you think um, and discuss some of the points that we've made here today. Um, and are they merited? Do you agree with them? Do you disagree? Let us know either way on our social media channels, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. You know where to find us. Let's discuss. But another thing to discuss is something that we spoke about a couple of shows ago that was going to be coming on uh, at the end of July. Here we are at the end of July, and this show has started on television. Mm-hmm. An adaptation of Vikram Seth's 1993 novel, the same name, A Suitable Boy hit the BBC on the 26th of July this past week. And just like Indian matchmaking, it divided opinion immensely. It divided it before it even came on. It did, yeah. A lot of people um, weren't so happy with the trailer, which is what we spoke about um, on episode 60 when we spoke briefly about this going to happen. And uh, a few people were, you know, not so happy with the trailer, you know, People talking about things like accents and then obviously they spoke about the cast and how there was a lack of 
um, British Asian scriptwriters involved. Um, so a number of different things, obviously, before the show actually aired. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the show aired. Uh, it got um, a lot of positive reaction, an immense amount of negative reaction. Yeah, it was really mixed. Yeah. Um, but I think the issues that I found um, a little bit disappointing from the reaction that was negative was the reasonings within the show that people weren't too happy about. Okay. Um, and so that's what we're pretty much going to discuss here together with our thoughts on the show. So first of all, Jojo B, what are your initial thoughts on the first episode? On the first episode, I really enjoyed it. I thought it looked really good. I mean, it's it's Mia Nair. It's like she's she's stunning when it comes to how she, her visuals and how she makes things. She look sets really great landscapes, yes. Yeah, it's just very beautiful. Um I thought the pacing was good, um, which I know a lot of people have had issue with, we'll discuss. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was it was a nice it's a setup. Yes. The first episode of any series will be a setup, and this is a setup, and there's a lot to cram in. If you've seen even if you've just seen the book on a shelf, you know how thick it is. Mm. If you've read it, then you definitely know how long it is. Well, it's 1,500 pages, yeah. uh, the book itself, and it was written in 1993. And there's a lot of stories that interweave. Yeah. There's a lot of characters that you have to get to know. So I think they did quite a good job of introducing a whole number of different characters and trying to set up a lot of intricate plots that happen and kind of run simultaneously. Yeah. Um, that you know all matter in the end yeah yeah and i'm sure that they have edited it down and picked out the best plot lines and the most important characters because obviously they can't include everything that's in the book Mm. so i think that actually the first episode was very good at setting things up yeah no this is what i i agree on um you know i enjoyed it um it paces something that's been brought up quite a lot uh for people it's been a big issue with a lot of people saying that it was very slow paced, um, which led to it being borderline boring um, Mm. because it just, um, it didn't really have the kind of, see, this is the thing that I spoke about on social media. Like we're living in this lockdown period where all we are, have been watching is Netflix and Amazon prime, you know, big kind of like budget blockbuster binge worthy TV shows and serials. Um, And, and so, all we watched in that period is this kind of, you know, like every minute something happening gung-ho style TV. And obviously this wasn't that. This was like, um, you know, it was a slow build. It was a, it was paced at a kind of, you know, like a very, like um, like a monotone level almost in a way of without... Yeah, there's many... no high drama in it. Not no. at this point anyway. Like there's no... It's Let's remember... Then it's a BBC One period drama on a Sunday night. Yeah. You know, it's not all about dishum dishum, you know, guns are blazing, drama every second, cliffhanger, madness. But there's the thing, have we, like, are people become too accustomed to that almost in a way? Well, yeah, and also being able to binge watch and all of that stuff. It's what, and I don't know if I've coined this or if this already exists right. is what I call the instant gratification generation right. we are used to being or getting what we want we are used to being yeah. satisfied with what with 
getting what we want. We have our needs There's sated. no waiting for anything. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. Everything's instant. Everything's, you know, as we want it. Literally everything in life seems to be that way. Yeah. And so when there comes across, there comes on TV a program that's actually quite old school in its pacing mm. and just the way that things used to be. And you have to wait till next week to watch the next episode. Yeah. And it's a book that's long. So it's going to be of a certain pace Yeah. Um, because you have to build the, the story. Yes. Um, I think people aren't used to it. Mm, yeah, possibly. possibly. I don't want to sound like patronizing about it, but it's the kind of program that I like because I quite like having to wait. I miss having to wait till next week to mm, watch yeah, that no, of course, episode. Of course. But like put putting our personal um likes and dislikes, you know, that sort of preferences aside, mm-hmm. as as a as a piece, it was it was really well done, I felt. Um, you know, the acting was really great. Dabu in it was amazing. She's stunning. Um, She's yeah, just, just yeah. very mesmerizing and just yeah. like just her screen presence itself kind of really made that particular episode anyway um you know and yeah the, the two lead characters and stuff just the same mm-hmm. um i just yeah I, it, I enjoyed it you know was it like um like outstandingly amazing no but what it's done is it's wet my appetite to at least watch more not in a way that you're kind of gripped to the end edge of your sofa to find out what happens next but you know it's a marathon it's not a sprint and I feel the problem is a lot of people have dismissed this whole series based off this first episode. And I feel that's very, very unmerited. I think a lot of some people, and I've seen this again on Twitter, my beloved Twitter. I've seen a lot of people say they're not even going to watch it yeah, at all, not give it a chance at all. Yeah. Based on a few people complaining on Twitter about it yeah. before it's come on. Mm, mm. Or based on, you know, certain people who have had... Uh, preview screenings of it yeah and made their thoughts known online mm-hmm. and then went all oh, right well if you know if you said that then i'm not going to watch it instead yeah. of making up their own fucking mind and I, th- I find that i find that very interesting it's not even interesting it's just ridiculous because what you're doing is you don't really have an opinion of your own and you're so easily influenced by influences that you that dictate your basically your likes and dislikes in life but that's I mean, we've always had people who kind of influences and lead the way in terms of like fashion and all that kind of stuff, right? So I, I get it. But what I don't get is not even like with something like this, not even giving it five minutes Just, go yeah, on absolutely, TV. Absolutely. Like your time is so precious. I mean, we're sitting around doing fuck all at home at the moment, right? All of us. Mm. Some of us might be working during the day, but really like it's still pretty much lockdown. Your life is not back to normal yet. Like you've got, you haven't even got five minutes to sit down and give it a go. If you don't like it after the first five, 10 minutes, maybe switch it off if you really feel like it. But but I th- not even that. Look, okay, so we talk about representation all the time on this, on this show. Like it's mm. one of the main objectives of our podcast is to push across representation on television. Yeah. Right. So there's very, very few shows with any representations of the South Asian community on there. Right. Okay. And so here is a show mm. that's on television that's a representation of not necessarily the British Asian community, but the South Asian community in India. Right. And so the problem I find is when something is being represented with, some, with our people and our communities, like I think that the least our communities here would do is to at least give it the benefit of the doubt 
at least watch a few episodes of it to to see whether it's something that they can actually really get behind mm. and then basically decide okay if this is right or wrong like we watched like a number of different shows within uh UK television with south asian uh, representation on there and we've pretty much watched the full series before at the end of it being like you know what no this wasn't right you know we did that with next of kin i remember doing it with bodyguard informer as well at the same time and some of them worked and some of them didn't you know we talk about ackley bridge we're still obviously watching ackley bridge man that about yeah. being watch the full series you know i'm not saying that people have got umpteen number of time on their hands to watch all these shows and all these series because that's the other problem it's like well i've only got like an hour or so spare at the end of the day when i'm kind of finished doing all the running around in life so why would i then waste my time in watching something i don't really want to watch but when we are harping on about representation and there is something that's being represented on television with our community then at least like do your part into trying to support it if it's terrible and it's awful then give the reasoning for that being so awful and give some constructive criticism on why it's that bad to say that oh I'm not really going to support this because it's just um you know load of load of bollocks and it's just Asians showing all kinds of stereotypes in there i think is again just really really lazy play in devil's advocate there would be some people i know who would say but we can't just throw we can't just throw shit at us and we'll just watch it because that's all you're going to give us yeah no true. so there'll be a number of people who think that way and then be like well no i agree with you that. know agree i'm not going to watch any of your box but having said that there's some of the shows that you what that you mentioned that we watched were a load of bollocks and the same people will watch those programs because they're just because they're set in Britain mm. and be like, okay, well we've got some representation here. I'm sorry, that's not good enough for me. Like I want, I want, I want to see Asians in big budget productions. Mm. I want to see that. This is doing that. Mm. I want to see Asians in primetime slots where we aren't uh terrorists that's happening where the the majority of the cast is not white that's happening with this show mm. this tv program does not represent british asians in any way yeah i think that's that's one thing that we have because to really stress that point it's not a british asian story it's a book set in india by an indian author it's indian literature that has then been adapted for tv here yeah. which is also mind-blowing yeah you know th yes that author might live sometimes here and sometimes in india but the book is by an indian author about india yeah the bbc really didn't have to do this at all and i think that sometimes we need to s just not expect everything to be about us as in british asians yeah like I do want us to be represented. We've said this a million times. I worked in TV. I left TV because there was no representation. There was never going to be anyone who looked like me, who was going to make me feel like I wanted to stay in TV because there just wasn't anyone there, yeah, you yeah. know? So it just made me want to leave. Same thing happened with the music industry. There was no one who made me want to stay there because there was no one who was ever going to take me seriously. So I left, mm. you know? Like I couldn't, I was driven out of those industries by the fact that I felt completely valueless yeah right so i get it when we say we want to have representation i've been on the inside of it i understand that there yeah. is no representation however i want to be able to sit down and sometimes switch off and just watch something that 
isn't on an Indian channel or mm. isn't on some random part of Netflix or Prime. Yeah. Well, there's Asians as the main cast. Yeah. And here's that opportunity. And you know what? I really fucking enjoy the saris and the glamour and, you know, like the beautifulness of it all. That other people just kind of like, well, like, oh, well, you know, look at us being exoticized again. We're not being exoticized. That's what people want. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. This, this is the way people I know have stories from their families of that time yeah. that have said that this is what it was like. If you were of a certain level of society, yeah. this is how you lived. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so it's not, I don't think, an unrealistic portrayal. I don't think it's cliched because we don't get to see this era very often, this kind of just post-partition era. Yeah, so this this is the other thing. So a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that it's another show um, about the British Raj. It's not. And it's not. It's a show that's post-partition. So it's actually after all that's happened, it's an independent India and it's in the midst of, um, you know, the turmoil par- post-partition anyway, which, you know, I I haven't read the book, okay? I can't talk from the perspective of someone that has read this book and and saying that, you know, it's not, you know, true to the, the literary work in any way and all that, because I can't have anything to base that judgment on. You know, I'm basing it purely on that first episode and um, it sets the stall for me. And it's of that time period, you know, all those things that people are starting to nitpick about stereotypes and cliches these are all things that existed at that time in india does that represent the british asian community today no and so we can't we have to differentiate that as much as possible no but that's the thing we've just spent nearly an hour talking about indian matchmaking Mm. right and how you know, it's held up a mirror to our society to show us that things haven't changed when it comes to the 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 business of marriage. Yeah. Now, this this is set in the fifties. Yeah. And a lot of those same issues are highlighted, and show and it shows us that we haven't really moved on. Mm, yeah. You know, and I think that that's really important to understand that you can't harp on about cliches all the time when we've had two shows that have shown that these aren't just cliches and stereotypes. These are still very, very important subjects that we need to deal with. These two shows show us that there is a major issue here with the misogyny that we still live with in our society, the religious problems that we still have within India and between the the minorities and the majority in India. having come from a, you know, from a background where my family would be a minority in India. Yeah. And also the issues of colorism and all of these things, they will come through in this show slowly. Mm, All of these things come through. Um, The class issue, all of that will be addressed if it's, if they've taken those parts from the book, hopefully they have, because the book deals with a lot of the social problems in India of that time. Yeah. Um, And I think it was written to show that those social problems still exist now yeah yeah or in the 90s when it was written um and obviously still exist so i think we should give it a go we should give it a chance see, the, see okay so the argument to that is right so there's two shows like this that we're talking about indian matchmaking and a suitable boy right at the moment it's what everyone's talking about within our communities mm. and they're both shows that have clear issues within the cultural aspects of our communities Uh and so a lot of the arguments that i'm hearing from people about well this is 
showing us unfairly represented on television because it's the only real um, shows that are that have current representation for our communities on mainstream TV. And so there is an element of like, well, all we're seeing at the moment is those things that poke holes within our culture on both of these shows. So where is the programs to show good representation? And I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with that. 100% because right? that's what we've said so many times before. Absolutely. But it's the the problem again, which you're talking about, like, you know, shows being commissioned and having people in the right areas to kind of commission the right shows. That's a much bigger, wider discussion. And that obviously needs to be highlighted and addressed. Um, I feel that the problem is when you've, when you've got this show being the only show to represent our community, that it's got a lot of... Um, onus on it in order to tick all those boxes that everyone across all our communities across the UK are wanting and needing and because it doesn't show that is the reason I feel there's much bigger outcry when in actual fact the bigger issue isn't really this show it's the fact that there isn't a multitude of other programs to show a variety of different things within our community and so then it's for this one show to be like, you know, vilified in that way for not representing that, I think is incredibly unfair. And that's exactly what we said about Never Have I Ever. Yeah. That here was a show that was trying to represent the Indian experience, the South Asian experience in America, and yet the whole world is expecting it to represent them. Yeah. And we, you know, we had to, lots of people just kind of piled in on it and just how shit it was. I still see things now about how terrible it is. Yeah. And there's this expectation that every show should be, it should be something like I may destroy you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every show needs to be that. And people were saying that before I may destroy you even came on. They exactly. wanted something of that caliber. Now, if you hear Michaela Cole's journey to making that show you will know that she went through all kinds of all calls. kinds of shit. Yeah. yeah, like all the things, you know, not just, you know, personally with the the um, sexual assault that she went through, but just generally just working within TV. Yes. And the things that she had to put up with and the things that have been said to her and the fact that she had to make her opportunities where she could. And Mindy Kaling said the same things, like she couldn't get work. She had to create her own show yeah. to get some work, Yeah, you know? And she only just happened to have the ability to make make her own show because she'd worked on another previous show that was successful mm -hmm. yeah and she'd been part of a kind of staff of, of of like a writing team that happened to give her a bit of a name and then that gave her the opportunities so you have to see that these people come from the very bottom and work for years to get to the the, the level that they get to yeah and we just don't see that happening in this country yeah. and that is the problem mm -hmm. yeah that is what we need to address so the fact that this show has been made is not an issue for me I think that we should just enjoy it for what it is yes exactly you know and yes we've said before that we're not arranged we're not just about arranged marriages and we're not just about terrorism we're not about all the other terrible things that happen within our community there are good things that happen with our community hmm. and they don't get represented and that is very true and yeah. that would be great to see but this show has been made because it's based on a, an, a literary classic. Yeah, not just based on a literary classic, but it's also based on its time period of which arranged marriages took place. And there was religious tension between the Hindus and the Muslims of the time. So you can't like alienate all that to, to make sure that those kind of things aren't kind of shown up because God forbid 
the the wider mainstream UK population think, oh, this is all what South Asians do. Because it's a period drama of bacterial life. I don't think everyone walks around like having afternoon teas and galloping on their horses like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility <laughs> to represent the British public because that's complete absolute bollocks you know I'm intelligent enough to know that that was of its time period and things that happened during that time and the kind of language that was being used and the way social um, aspects used to interact with each other was very different to what it is today so for someone to say oh these things are showing how Asians are being um, you know, you know, unfairly um, stereotyped and stuff, and there's so many cliches, is is just ludicrous because we're not only British Asians here in the UK that live a very different life to the South Asians uh, across you know the subcontinent, um, but also that time period, which is almost seventy years ago, is so vastly different to what it is today. So you can't then basically put those two generations together and throw us in one pot and if you do then it's just the, the uneducated and the ignorant that are out there in society we can't do anything about that but to to say that that's exactly what the whole wide uk population think of us i think is just like yeah it's just crazy and also we often talk about how people don't know the history of india post partition the pain that the subcontinent went through after being torn apart. Yeah. You know, the British fucked us over and left. Yeah. And left us to pick up the pieces. And this book, I don't know, I can't speak for the rest of this TV series, but this book, A Suitable Boy, does not hold back on some of the horrific stuff that happened. Mm. You know, the mobs that used to happen and the deaths that happened. And I think that... If we really want people to open their eyes to it, yeah. then sometimes entertainment is their first foray into that. Yes. You know, they see something like this and hopefully there will be some, I mean, I don't want, uh, not hopefully there'll be some violence, but hopefully they will show the violence that did happen at that time mm. in a realistic way. Yeah, yeah. And not in a way of like, oh, look at the savages. They didn't know how to deal with us, how to deal with rule after we left. Yeah. But in a way of, we really fucked that nation up and left these people just unable to kind of form their society yeah like figure out what to do because their their country had been torn in into pieces yes if people can kind of start to open their eyes to that then they may then want to go and watch a documentary you know fronted by anita rani or someone like that who talks about partition who talks about what it did and why you know we have generations of deep hurt that yes. go through you know and it still goes on today those rivalries and that hatred can still run deep within our communities now mm. that people need to understand where that comes from yes yeah and if this is their first kind of introduction to it as the mass public you know people who don't have our backgrounds who don't have our parents telling them stories or our grandparents telling them those stories or like me grandparents who couldn't bear to tell stories yeah yeah you know like then you will it would it would have done some good because it would have started some kind of education process yeah no i agree um but you know, this could still end up being a quite a terrible series. It could. You know, when we're when he's speaking about it from the very first episode, and it could still end up being something that's, you know, pretty mediocre. But I just feel to to judge the entire series based off of the first episode and um just discard it like that 
um, I think is a is a little bit ignorant, especially from members of our own community, because representation is a big thing. And if it ends up being that no one's watching this show based off that, why would a commissioning editor decide to look at alternative other shows with representation from the South Asian community? I know that's a it's a it's a two way street because you can't just have any old shit on TV with Asians in it. Um, because that's yeah, not we helping can't the cause keep, either. We can't keep running to the TV going, look, a brown person. Exactly. You know, like we used to when we were kids. Absolutely like we can't, not. We can't carry not. on doing that. No, exactly. And also, you know, if we if we watch it on mass and it's massively popular, this is all they could commission. Exactly. That's the flip side of it. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't want to see, like, you know, we, we've seen like Indian Summers, obviously on TV. We talked about Beecham House that came out last year. Which was strangely um, addictive. It was and stuff, you know, but it, is it like groundbreaking no. television? No. Because it was a little white savior in the middle of it all well so. that's the thing so you know you look at these shows these period dramas uh, that you know they're all basically based around a similar kind of time period and so then it, then we come back to the whole exoticizing our communities and if anything this show is also doing something of a similar nature but you know there's another thing that i found interesting about this about the period it was to show that there's like they set it up and there is a um a courtesan yeah you know or whatever you want to call her she's a, a lady of the night maybe. <laughs> i don't know how you what you want to call her i don't know how she would Quartizan be is the right word. yeah yeah and she you know she's making money from doing these things and the kind of things that she has to put up with mm. there's a woman who's having an affair yeah exactly yeah you know yeah. and She's getting she's getting it where she wants to get it from, and all that. And they're showing that like, the Bombay like, jazz clubs and stuff. Yeah. I've, I've never seen that represented on no. television or anything apart from that Dishoom night that we went on, um, where we kind of saw the but Bombay that, jazz experience. Um, and that life existed exactly, and people were sexual. You know, we very rarely get to see women of that period allowing to, uh, being allowed to be sexual. Yes, and they are allowed to be in this. Yeah, and that happened because if you were of a certain um, class. I guess, you know, you're you you what they call modern. Modern, yes. <laughs> you know, exactly, and yeah. and so you did go out nightclubbing, yes. and you did go and dance all night, and you did have lovers and all mm. of that stuff. And, but yeah. that never gets represented. You never get that scene because you just think that oh well, you know, my nanny wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, your nanny was living in a bin like mine was. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas these people are living in high society. And the, the flip side to also to that is, if there was a show that reflected that society um you know the my the, nanny the, being in a bin yeah then we'd we still have people complaining about why they're showing the poor sides of india when there's so much more to india than that we also have affluence we also had this and we also so you literally can't win when it comes to yeah. our community my nanny was married when she was very young she had kids when she was very young she looked All after the household while All my the nana was working in the fields do you yeah. know what i mean like that's that, but we don't want to see that either. Exactly. So this is the thing. So what I know what people want to see. Okay. I know what we want to see on television. We want to see people our, our age living it up and being normal, going on holiday, doing all the things that we do. <laughs> I understand that. But there is a history to us as well that Absolutely. we are allowed to represent. Yeah. We and and like I said, we can't blame this one show for being the the, the you know the epicenter of all our representation <laughs> on television. Because I think that's really, I think that's incredibly unfair. And yes, there does need to be a multitude of shows on television to reflect all aspects of, of, of our society, past and present, you know, and we're not there yet. And I think that's the bigger, if you're going to throw the blame towards something, blame 
blame those people who are in the decision making rooms that are stopping this from happening. You know, um, the only things from my end, which I would have liked for this show is to have had a British Asian scriptwriter or a screenwriter involved. Yes. You know, because I Absolutely. think, you know, we talk about the fact that there's no one on the front of the screen, you know, our actors are not being represented um, and, and um, our filmmakers in that instance, but they also work with, you know, our screenwriters and our scriptwriters and our, you know, everyone across the, behind the camera as well. And for a production like this, which is a British Asian as such production, mm. it would have been great to have had that representation, um, you know, especially from the writing side of things. Um, I have no qualms with the cast. It's a show that's based in India. It's got Indian actors. Um, you know, if anything... An I Indian director. An Indian director. I would have... You know, if there had been British Asian actors, I would have been like, okay, great. But for me, authenticity overrides everything. And I don't want to see British Asian actors putting on an accent. Mm, yeah. Those accents that are in the show are authentic accents. Yeah. They, I, I know that Indian actors now speak with a more Americanized English, yeah, but yeah. they've kind of that didn't exist then, so they've got rid of that, and so they're speaking English. They're speaking their English in the accent that it would have been around at the time. It's Indian actors playing Indian characters. Yes, and I have absolutely no qualms with that, and I don't think anyone else should should either. Um, you know, because I wouldn't like like uh, someone from India playing a British Asian role because I'd be like well where's the opportunities for British Asian actors for British Asian productions here is a production that's based in India using Indian actors yeah where is the harm in that there is no harm is the answer <laughs> yeah, absolutely so yeah a suitable boy uh is on your screens it'll be on weekly on Sundays I have a feeling lots of people are going to disagree with us I think they very much will but this isn't their podcast you know <laughs> And this is our opportunity to say what we think about it. And yeah, I thought a lot of the stuff was um, unfair. And this was our opportunity to speak about it. And I think that, you know, if people did give it a go and watch more episodes, then they've got a better understanding of it to give a proper judgment on it. Yes. But to base it off one episode, I think, come on, guys, come on. I think for the next episode, I'm going to get dressed up and bring out my inner Madhubala. Right. And just, you know, I'm obsessed with her. Can you and just bring out like the Jojo B circa 2014-2015 instead? That they should just give oh, a little bit more of a, you know... Whatever. I don't think I can appearance. fit into the sorry blouses anymore. But, <laughs> but no, I feel like just, just enjoy it. Give it a go. If you don't like it, don't force yourself to watch it. Yeah, exactly. But at least give it a chance. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, shout to Rena of the Sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect podcasts. Uh, we spoke about what people's thoughts about it were. And she replied to me saying, I really liked it. Beautifully shot and actors were awesome. Although my kids were still awake and trying to watch too. Then there was that part with the boob grab. <laughs> I read the book though, so I'm not sure if those who didn't would enjoy it as much. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, you I know. I think that's true. I yeah. think that... Because the book, if you've read it, you understand the context of what everything is. But if you haven't read it and you're going into it with everything that you've read on Twitter or on social media, yeah. I think you will judge it, like many have, before you've even watched two minutes of it. Yes, yes. Well, so we're going to continue watching it. Um, and I think we'll give a proper review of the entire series once it's all done. In a few weeks' time. In a few weeks' time, indeed. But that is it from this episode 
of the native immigrants. We'll be back next week with more of the same. I am Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And we'll see you all next week, people. Peace. See ya.